Hello, it's, it's weird to be on this side of Native Speak. Good morning, everyone. Um, yep, kids can go get that fun job done for me. Um, so this morning I'm going to speak about something that that can be a sort of controversial topic in church. Um, I'm going to talk about mental health um, because it's something that affects us all, particularly younger people. And as a church community, it's vitally important that we have an open and honest dialogue on this. Um, today I'll focus mainly on depression because that is the illness that has had the most, the longest sort of history with. Um, so I'm kind of a nerd. I don't know if anyone knows this. If you don't, you've clearly never seen my Legend of Zelda movies. So I did a lot of research in preparation for this. Um, so I have some facts and statistics for you which I hope you're excited about. I am, because I love that. Um, here's a fun one to start you off. For every human in the world, there are over one million ants, um, which maybe is only fun if you really like ants. Um, here's another. Your odds of dating a supermodel at one time in your life is one in 88,000. So there's hope for us all, yeah, really. But here are some more serious ones. 300 million people in the world have depression, according to the World Health, world Health Organization. Nearly 50% of all people diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. It's estimated that 15% of the adult population will experience a severe clinical depression at some point in their life. And finally, one in four UK citizens will experience a mental illness at one point in their life. These statistics aren't intended to upset us this morning, but to show us that mental illness is a real thing and it's happening. It's happening among everyone, Christians, non-Christians alike. It's important that we as Christians are equipped to care for all of God's people. And in order to do that, to do that we have to start talking about it. If you're suffering from a mental health condition, then it's important for you to know that you are not alone. You are not a lesser person because of it. And most importantly, you are still deeply and gloriously loved by God. I've suffered from clinical depression since my early teen years, since I was 13 or 14, and I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder when I was 19. This was really difficult for me to talk about and accept at first. As a young Christian, I thought that it was somehow me causing this, that I had a lack of faith, that I wasn't trying hard enough, that I wasn't good enough. This is untrue. There are a number of reasons that a person might suffer from depression. It may come about as a response to abuse or a traumatic experience. It may be as a result of a neurochemical imbalance in the brain. For instance, if some chemicals are in short supply. It can be caused by drug and alcohol abuse or simply by the changing of the seasons in the, in the case of the 10% of people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder. It can, also come up, come up, it can also happen as a result of a side effect of a prescription medication. And it can just entirely come out of the blue. There can be no reason for it at all. The important thing to remember is that it is an illness like any other. It's something that requires treatment, sometimes lifelong, and it's of no less importance than a broken leg or diabetes. Now I'm going to talk to you about three things. How God sees you when you're depressed or suffering from a mental illness, what you can do when you're ill, and what we can do for others that are suffering. First, in my time with God and my experience with depression, I've come to three conclusions. Depression does not change who I am. It does not change who he is. And it does not change what he has done for me. It's important to note, however, that it does change a lot of things. 
it's affected my life for a number of years. And some of those years have been really, really difficult. I felt low, broken, and unwell. I've been confused as to why I feel like this and why I can't make it stop. I felt worthless, useless, and wrong. And I know that there are many Christians who suffer mental health problems and they feel the same way. This is incorrect and it, it isn't the way that God sees us. God doesn't see us the way that we see ourselves, actually. I don't know about everyone in here, but I'm really bad at taking a compliment, really bad. My husband, Robbie, who you would have seen on the piano, can say something like, your hair looks nice today. And before, even at his mouth level, I'll say, no, it doesn't. It's, it's just an automatic thing in my brain. So I find it quite difficult to take a compliment from the God of the universe. I find that quite hard. But here are a few examples of the way that he sees us. Number one, we are his creation. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He wanted us to be just like him. He made us just like him. He didn't want to put distance between us by making us different. He wanted us as a family. In John 14.18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. No matter what I tell myself in my worst moments, that I am unworthy, that I am not worth anything, that I'm useless, pointless, I try to remember that I am a daughter of the Most High God. I want you to remember today that you are a son and a daughter, or a daughter of the God, in the, of the God of the universe, that He made you specifically to be in His family, even when you feel low, tired, or worn out. Be proud of your heritage, always. Number two, we have a purpose. My depression can be insidious. One of its favorite tricks is to convince me that I don't matter and that everything I do is useless. Um, it's also usually wrong and I'll never achieve anything. God, thankfully, does not agree. And who do you think I should thank? Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. At all times, we represent the King of Kings. No matter what we're doing, I can be doing something really, really simple like my weekly shop, or I can be doing something more interesting or important like evangelizing on the street. It doesn't matter, I'm still a representative, re representative of Jesus. Everything I do has a purpose, to show others the love of God. So even when I'm at my lowest, he doesn't see me as such. I still wear his badge and his mark. We've been called to fulfill the Great Commission, and part of that is letting the light and love of God shine through us, even when we feel dim. In Matthew 5:14, it says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Number three, we are very valuable. We all know that salvation was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. At least I hope you all know that by now. Think about how valuable that makes each and every one of us. Something someone much stable, the earthly currency wasn't enough to do it. It had to be something someone much higher. Sometimes my mental illness has made me feel worthless. Clearly this is not the case. In fact, I'm worth so much to God that he was willing to sacrifice his son for me. Paul writes in Romans, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for, uh, up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? See how valuable we are. Not only did God give up his most prized son for us, but he's so much to give us gifts. 
my value in Christ is amazing. When I was on a family trip to Cyprus when I was about 19, my dad almost sold me a camel by accident. It was for 11 camels, which I hear is actually a pretty good price, um, but it doesn't compare to the price in blood already paid for me. No matter how low I feel, there is a mark on me and a receipt in the pocket of the Lord, one Hannah bought and paid for. So these, these are wonderful truths. These are truths that I try to dwell on when I feel low. But sometimes when I'm really, really unwell, I find it difficult to do that. So I was trying to think about some things that help me when I'm unwell that might help people like me. One of my favorite Bible verses is Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I'm really ill, and when it feels like I'm battling with my own mind, these are some things that can help. Number one, let the Lord be your shepherd. If you're tired and weary, give your burdens to the Lord. I know this is easier said than done. I'm one of those people that likes to give things away and then take it back when it's convenient, because I'm not done worrying about it yet. But even the physical act of talking to God and letting out your feelings can be helpful. Ask him to carry your burdens. He wants to help you. Number two, take time with God. Whatever way you like to worship, set aside extra time to do this. Don't make it a burden or a chore, something that's on a to-do list that never seems to end. But make it something that you know is good for you. Something that is, something that you look forward to every day. My depression sometimes makes me feel really heavy and tired and lethargic. So I'm not really the dancing around, singing worship songs type of person when I feel like that. But I found that putting on some quiet worship music, wrapping myself up in a blanket and listening quietly makes me feel a sense of peace. Because the companionship of the Lord is there in those moments. It doesn't have to be loud. You don't have to put a horrendous amount of effort into it. God is there with you in those moments. So just let the peace of the, God, of the Lord into your day. Mark 1, 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Quietness is okay. Rest is beneficial to your body and your mind. Give yourself time to rest and rest in the Lord. Number three, pray. Pray constantly and with expectation, but pray the way you need to every time. God understands us. He knows what we're like in all of our moods. He knows what we're like when we're, not, we're on our best behavior, and he knows what we're like when we really can't focus on our blessing. Whatever you need to talk to him about, just do it. He's your father. He wants you in all your needs, all your situations. Jesus often went off to pray by himself, and he was always open and honest with the father. We should all be that way. When we pray, God, how's that? Speak to him like your father, your father who wants to hear from you. And number four, treatment. If you're ill, 
we need to get treatment. Then she got back and went on with her course, but she was living with a mental illness. There's a stigma around it in some ways. Some of us are encouraged just to get on with it, to plow through it. If you're a man, sometimes you'll be told to man up. This is not a good attitude to have. If you're ill, you need treatment. A lot of the truth is prayer. We are blessed enough to hear amazing healing testimonies all the time. In fact, we heard one this morning. Pray in expectation of healing. Your Father in heaven wants to heal you. But if you're still waiting for your healing, see a doctor. Maybe speak to a professional. And do things that are sensible for your body and your mind, like choosing a good diet and doing exercise. These are all important things as well. And finally, tell someone. Speak to your church family. That's what we're all here for. Have someone who can check in with you, who can speak with you if you're having a really, really bad day. God made us for community. Galatians 6.2 urges us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If someone is asking to help you, it's not selfish to accept that help. We've become a society where we're quite often afraid to show weakness. We're afraid to show when we're having a bad day. But in church, it should be an open place, a place where we support each other no matter what's going on. And finally, here are some things that we as individuals and as a congregation can do for people suffering from mental health issues. Let's be the light of Christ for anyone who feels like they're stuck in darkness today. Number one, pray. I've mentioned prayer a lot because it's the best thing we can do at all times. No matter the situation, pray first. Seek his face first. Pray for healing, for peace, for comfort, for whatever the person needs at the time. Pray for them, and if they feel up to it, pray with them. Let them know that you are praying for them. Sometimes just hearing that someone else is on your side is enough to really break through the darkness in your day. Be there for them, is number two. Be there if they need you, but don't be overbearing. Act with sensitivity. Check in on them if you feel that they need it, but be respectful of their privacy. Let them know that they are loved, accepted, and important. Remind them of their identity in God and all the things I talked about earlier. Allow them to talk if they need to, but accept that they might not want to. Prompt them to see someone if they need to, but accept that this might be difficult for them. Invite them to church. Invite them to have fellowship. And number three, be kind. Be with your kind. He ate and spoke with those who were classed as the lowest of the low. He was patient. He was honest. He was loving. Embody these characteristics. Don't judge a person based on their illness or their symptoms. Think deeper and educate yourself on mental health. Accept that person's illness doesn't make them lazy, flaky, faithless, or weak. It makes them a person going through something. We are all people, all going through something. If anything I've said today has affected you today, then please come and be prayed for. I'm going to ask the prayer ministry team to wait down the front here while we're singing our last song. I've suffered for a number of years, and it's a privilege to stand up here and talk about my experiences. It's a privilege that I am whole and healthy enough to talk to you at all. And for that, I have to thank God. It hasn't always been easy, but I would urge us all to keep the dialogue open, to keep talking.
talking, supporting each other, and looking to God for guidance. I'll leave you with one last scripture, one that brings me comfort. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Thank you, Lord, for the strength to speak today. I thank you every day.